So I have a theory about pauses. So if awkward pauses happen, okay. you guys want to know the theory? What's yes. that? So we're, our brains are programmed via television. So like mm. every few minutes there's a pause, which is like a commercial break in right. a TV show. And then there, it resumes with a new scene or a new conversation. And then every other couple minutes, it's like a longer pause or something like that. But then you get in these really deep conversations. That's like a movie. So mm. our brains have been programmed. Yeah. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Illuminati. This is a mistake. And today. <laughs> oh, I always start that way, and then I'm like, that's not and how this today. podcast starts. And today. That's today. <laughs> and today. This is this was a mistake. <laughs> uh, it's same as last week. I'm Josh. <laughs> I'm Shelby. I'm Martha Ellen. And today we're joined by Justin Cross. Yay! Yay. <laughs> I realize clap. every week after the person says their name, I'm like, we always have this pause, and then we're like, what do we do now? Yeah. Yay! You're here. <laughs> you made it. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. I'm happy to be here. Well, we are glad to have you here. I'm glad um, to be here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, All right, yeah. what you do. Um, right now, I'm really comfortable. That's good. This is a super nice, like, cushy bed. I like it. Um, <laughs> I am a uh, musician, a singer-songwriter in Birmingham. Um, I am uh, a father of two and husband of one and... Uh, I am, yeah, I mean, I'm really not super interesting. I, <laughs> Great. I, I play music <laughs> like that's kind of my job. Uh-huh. Um, I, I work at a church and then I do, uh, music lessons and play around nice. town as much as I can. Uh, I got a lot of friends that are a lot cooler than I am. Uh, so. <laughs> when did you start playing music? How'd you get into oh, okay. what you're doing? Um, I started playing guitar when I was 14. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was a firefighter pretty much all my life. Um, and I was visiting him at one of his fire stations and um, like opened up one of the, I, was, I think I was like just sneaking around, you know, uh, trying to get into stuff I probably shouldn't have been getting into and um, opened up the closet in like the fireman bedroom and saw this like guitar case. And I was like, what is that? You know? And, um, I'd always, I've always loved music, but never been, you know, a musician at that point. And so like I picked it up and he showed me a G chord and like from a G I was like, okay, what, what, what happens if I do this? And I slid it up and like kind of trial and error over time taught myself how to play. And, um, yeah. And he's, he's still like really mad at me because that was his guitar. And he was like, trying to learn at that point (laughs) but then I like took it because I was his son and I Uh said I want it Uh yeah and he was a good he's a great dad and so (laughs) So he said yes yeah dad I want to learn guitar okay well fine son you can have this he 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 has the excuse like his fingers are too big but his fingers are like the same size as mine but yeah but uh yeah so I've been playing for about 14 no no I was 14 I've been playing for 16 years now okay okay Wow. <laughs> I tell, I teach guitar uh, a couple of days a week and I tell my like eight year old students that mm-hmm. and they're, they're just like, they immediately just kind of look at me like, what? How, old are <laughs> How you? you're a, like, where's the gray hairs? You're super old. <laughs> um, so you went to, where'd you go to school and did you, did you focus in music? Cause you went to yeah. Birmingham Southern? 
Southeastern, Southeastern Bible College. College. Yeah, okay. with yeah with Craig and so, or was it was his name? Greg Greg Starman. Greg Starman. <laughs> Greg Starman. Yeah, um, I went to Southeastern. That's actually how I got to Birmingham. Um, was uh, I went to like a college fair. Uh, at my high school and I thought it was Southeastern in Lakeland, Florida, mm. which was like a, you know, I had some family members that went yeah. there and I was like, Oh, that's awesome. And so got roped in and did like a campus visit. And I was like, I didn't know they had like a, you know, offshoot in Birmingham. That's awesome. <laughs> and I had some friends moving up to Birmingham and did the campus visit and found out it was not the <laughs> right. same not Southeastern the same. <laughs> by any, by any stretch of the imagination. And, uh, but I, I liked it and, you know, had some friends moving up to Birmingham. So we just kind of, you know, made that work. And, uh, I went to, I went there for, two or three years and they dropped the music major oh, right, wow. right in the middle. And they Good. pretty much said like, you can be a pastor or a youth pastor. And I was like, I don't <laughs> not good at either one of those things. <laughs> uh, so I'm not going to do that. Um, and so I actually left there, uh, took a little break and then went to Jeff state and then got married. And long story short, we got pregnant really quick. And, um, uh, I was going to go back to school. Yeah, and so that's yeah. kind of where I still am. Okay. And eventually like I'll be, you know, that, uh, like the university, like the, the online universities that have like yeah, the old, like, yeah. like 70 year olds graduate. That's going to be me. You know, don't nice. tell my father-in-law that <laughs> but, one day. One yeah. Day it'll happen. Yeah. Hopefully one day. Yeah. But uh, I married a, a lady who went to Sanford really? and she graduated. <laughs> um, so, so there is that success in my family. So that's good. But, Where are you from originally? Uh, LaGrange, Georgia. Okay. Oh. My dad just moved there like two years ago. Yeah? Yeah. LaGrange, Georgia? Yeah. Why? <laughs> no, I love LaGrange. You don't? No. Like, he travels a lot for work. He covers okay. like an area. And that okay. was like right in the middle of his area. I gotcha. Yeah. So like easy for Atlanta and all right. that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I was, um, it's a great now. It, when I grew up there, it, like it, LaGrange is French for the farm. Mm-hmm. And I grew up there, and that was what it was like. Yeah, the farm. And in high school, they got like a movie theater downtown, and since it's like gotten a lot cooler. Um, but I moved, I moved here way before it got cool. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's kind of yeah, Lagrange, and then moved here. Uh, my parents split up when I was about eight, and kind of split my time between uh, Roanoke, Alabama, mm-hmm. and Lagrange. So cool, mm-hmm. nice. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your music, what kind of music you do, Ooh. what kind of inspires you from okay. your music. Um, yeah. yeah just okay. Well, I like, um, I guess, so I started out like a folk mm-hmm. artist, I guess, like, cause that was what I was good at. I could play by myself and not have to worry about like other musicians cause I wasn't very good in bands and stuff. Um, but now I'm, I think more recently I'm going more Americana, mm-hmm. like kind of like, mm-hmm. I guess uh, folk rock, uh, yeah. I guess. Um, but more Americana and kind of somewhat blues territory, but, um, really like what inspires me musically. Like if, if I, if I, any time hear like an old, like one of Bob Dylan's original three yeah. albums, anything off of those, like I'm, I'm in, it's like watching yeah. Die Hard on TV. Yeah. Like as soon as I see it. <laughs> um, yeah. Any, anything early Dylan, um, Early on when I started writing, there was a, a thing here in Birmingham called Greyhaven. Um, I'm sure you've yeah. heard of it, but um, Caleb Chancy and a, a couple mm-hmm. of buddies of mine started it. And um, really the what I discovered from that is I really love like the challenge of being around other like super talented yeah. musicians that kind yeah. of like iron sharpening iron kind of pushes yeah. you, you know? Yeah. And that's what basically that was built on. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, yeah, with that, you had to collaborate. You had yeah. to play with somebody else. Um 
you know, and that was really cool. That, that really spurred me on, uh, I, I wrote awful music before, <laughs> before I played. Yeah. But for real, I mean, I wrote terrible, terrible music before I played Greyhaven and like the first one I had, like I had written some song cause Wilder Atkins, a good friend of mine, we were, we were roommates for a long time. Um, and the first time I heard him play, I realized like, Oh, I've got to, like if I'm going to do music, I've got to step it up. Like, yeah. and so, uh, <clears throat> really like uh, other musicians inspire me in yeah. that and not in like a hokey way, but like, cause I, I'm not a competitive person, but like I do want to be in that realm yeah. with those musicians. I like being with people who are better than me at yeah. things. Yeah. And like, um, because I find that when you're in that situation, like if you're the, the, you know, the biggest fish in a, you know, in a pond, Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of growth you can do, yeah. but like right. if you're a little fish, you get al- among the fish that are bigger. You know, metaphor. That's it's silly, <laughs> but but really though, like I, f- I found that like if I get a, around musicians that are just like a ton better than I am, like I get better. Yeah. And so yeah, um, that's kind of what inspires me the most. Yeah, I can completely them. relate to that. I yeah. feel like just from an art perspective, whenever I mean, I love going to museums. I love seeing other people I love like going to art shows and that kind of thing same with music I'm just I appreciate it I just can't uh play anything mm-hmm. um but it's almost like when you have people who are your peers or they're like just a half step or a step above you then you're like that's a completely achievable goal like mm-hmm. if they've pushed themselves to get to that point there's no excuse for me not to push myself yeah. and then when you go and you like when I go to a museum and I see like super established like painters of people who've been around for hundreds of years and that type mm-hmm. of thing, I'm like, I'm limiting my mind yeah. in these ways. And if they have broken outside that box, what's stopping me, mm-hmm. me, I'm stopping myself yeah. from breaking outside that box. So I think that that's cool that it's the people around you are inspiring you more yeah. so than anything else. Cause those are achievable goals. And it's mm-hmm. nice that you have, a good community around mm-hmm. you to help push you into that you can learn from and bounce ideas off of and yeah. grow from. Um, what's, what's interesting about that is I, I we had uh, my wife and I have two little boys and we took some, I just took some musically took some time off um, just because once we had our, uh, our youngest son, Joshua, it was like, it was like just one of those things. It was something's got to give. And, and my family, I just love, you know, being a dad and love, you know, that whole thing. And so I was like, okay, well let's just kind of take a back music on the back burner. And I just noticed like that the output for me, like I wasn't writing as much. I wasn't writing anything worth anything. Um, just because I wasn't in that world, I wasn't around those people. Mm-hmm. Um, and now kind of getting back in that world and kind of, you know, kind of dipping my toe back into playing around and stuff. Yeah. Um, like I'm already seeing the, the effects of the songs come in and right. it's, it's just, I mean, it really is like, you've got to be in the, I guess the circles that, um, inspire you to, yeah. to make yeah. things and, Definitely. you know, so. we were talking to Joseph Wonski a couple of weeks ago and he it just had a second kid and he's mm-hmm. like starting to get back into writing music. And I know that Craig said something so similar. Mm-hmm. How did you, and I, I mean, no one ever has anything perfectly figured out. So if you don't really have an answer, it's fine. <laughs> but, um, how did you go from balancing the specific life to taking a break to jumping back into it? Does that make sense? Like yeah. what kind of helped you along that route? Cause I know that it's self motivation and you just have to sit down and do it. But, yeah. um, I don't know, maybe talk about that process yeah. a little. Yeah. Um, I think for me, um, 
getting back into it has been has been kind of difficult. Mm-hmm. Not because like, not because it's the work itself is hard. Um, but when I when I took when I took the break, like I knew most most everybody at almost every venue in town, and it was yeah. just like a call away. I could have a show booked yeah. and. Um, knew a lot of local musicians through the Greyhaven mm-hmm. stuff and still, they're still kind of my circle. Like a lot of those guys are still good, good buddies of yeah. mine. And, um, and so with coming back into it, um, I might not be answering your question here, but I'm going to try. Okay. I think one of the things that I have noticed, like the landscape has changed mm-hmm. a lot in Birmingham. Um, like bottle tree used to be a big yeah. thing for yeah. me. That was a big place for, for me to play. And that's, you know, kind of gone the, the way of the dinosaur and like, yeah. um, it, it, just a lot of the places, like, I feel like, you know, you guys do the loft show. Um, like that's about as close as you get to like a gray Haven or like a kind of like, I don't know. It's just, it's the, that was kind of my intro back to like, Oh, okay. This is the scene. Okay. Yeah. This is, you know, a good place to start, you know? And that was actually one of my, the first loft show I played was like one of the first times I'd played out since I took really? the break. Yeah. Um, so thank you for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like, um, really I think what it boils down to is like you said, the, just doing the work, mm-hmm. um, you just have to go and do things. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to go and be in the scene, be around. Like for me, it was, it was really uncomfortable. I don't like change. I don't like new stuff. Yeah. I yeah. really wanted to jump back in and play at the same places mm-hmm. with the same people. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what I noticed was like, there's just, you know, I started going and hanging out more and that's all, you know, I've learned a lot about like music industry stuff. People just want to hang out with people they want to hang out with. Like, and if you're good to hang out with, you're going to be okay. Yeah. It's all about relationships. Yeah, it really is. People just, and people just enjoy being around other people Mm -hmm. that are not jerk people. They're they're just cool people, you know? Right. Um, And that's kind of where, just hanging out with people and getting to know people again um, has been kind of the secret sauce for mm-hmm. me, um, which is just, I guess, standard. I mean, I don't yeah. know if that's any different anywhere else. So, but in your writing and stuff, you said that I, I, everyone at the beginning is kind of rough around the edges, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know. I kind of see like transitions of life and everything kind of change mm-hmm. um, like my art view on things mm-hmm. and then I know that with writing as well how have you seen that change and did like your break that you took did that kind of encourage discourage like when you kind of got back in did you continue writing during that there's a lot of questions packed in there. no that's good yeah <laughs> it all goes yeah it all goes together though like for me um I actually didn't write a lot mm-hmm. during the break like there was just so for me writing was always um something that was like a muse moment. Like I would be for a long time, like my, for like seven years, I cleaned a church Mm -hmm. Uh, and that was a great job because I was always by myself and there were always instruments Mm -hmm. around. And so, um, like I remember like several times songs that I still play today. Like I was in that church and like all of a sudden it was just like, there's a thing. And then I ran to a piano or a guitar and like, you know, um, I would, you know, scratch something out or, you know, and so that was kind of how I did it at first before my hiatus or whatever, before the break. And then, um, that was what I kind of relied on. And so during kind of the, the break, I I realized like, I don't have time. Like when I'm inspired, I don't have time Mm -hmm. to sit for Mm -hmm. four hours and crank out a song. And that's kind of what it was. It was like a song would, would be written when I sat to write it. 
Like it would not be a verse here or a course there. Like it was like, I sat down, a song was going to be, but it would be like Mm. four hours of me sitting there, you know? And so, um, what I had to, I guess, come to terms with once, once I got on the break and I guess it's, I don't know if this is like, I kind of miss the moment of discovery with a song and like there, I don't know, there's like the special connection with those. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I learned was like with, with writing, if you do it consistently, you just get better at it. Yeah. Um, and there is a, another like really good podcast. So if you're on, if you're listening to the podcast, <laughs> um, the, the, the guy named Brian Koppelman, uh, does a podcast called the moment. Um, and it's all about creative types and it's, yeah. it's just phenomenal. Um, advice and he talks to you know uh, songwriters he talks to um, filmmakers chefs like anybody who makes things um, and he just kind of gets their perspective on stuff but like one of the big things I learned from him is just if you do the work you are the thing Mm. Um, and so in writing the biggest change for me was going from that muse moment that inspiration striking and I get a song out of it to like kind of the breadcrumbs like little bits here little things kind of happen here um and really just the practice of consistently writing even if it's not like this masterpiece by the end of it like you know sitting down every day for five minutes writing you know even if that's just scrawling out something in a journal or if that's you know um just kind of getting an idea out because one thing he talks about is uh, something called daily pages and what he does every morning. It's like his ritual. Um, He gets his coffee. He sits down, he writes three handwritten pages out of just like stream of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And then that's not even the work. Like he goes from there to do, he's a screenwriter. And so he goes from there to do his work. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess what that does is like unclogs the pipes. Right. Um, And I've started not, not as ritualistically, not as consistently, but I've started doing just more consistent writing. And I've seen, you know, like the ability to, in a moment, like I can't wait for the moments anymore. Like I have to kind of create those. And so in that, in that, um, moment of, okay, Oh, I've got 10 minutes here, sit down, write something. And in those moments, that's when, you know, I think, um, I guess you, you, I guess lose a little bit of that initial like spark of love for the thing, but you do get better as a writer. Um, And I think that goes with all different creative creativity, all creative types. Like the more you do it, the better you get at it. Yeah. Yeah. Practice makes better, you know? So, and sometimes limitations do push you to do better work. Like having just that amount of time Mm -hmm. forces you to focus more and like really pour into it. Yeah. Instead of it taking you Mm -hmm. four to five hours. Yeah, I, I've um, I've noticed that recently too. With like, I've I've pretty much had to. I'm recording a, a new album, and um, I did some. We just don't have. We're okay financially, but we don't have budget for renting out a studio or anything like that. So right. I did some vocal work at a buddy's studio um, that paid for time in that studio, and we laid down some stuff. But then, like, once we got the drums, the bass and some acoustic guitar stuff laid down. It was like, okay, now what? And so, um, see, I've had to like sit down at my house and build a little makeshift home studio, which is extremely limited. Like I don't have 30 guitar amps and a grand piano. And, you know, like I've got a computer, I've got a guitar, I've got, you know, like, and, and, but what I've noticed is like that limitation, it really does. Like, like you were saying, it really makes you, think about what you're doing right. and it makes, it makes you really make something hmm. yours. I don't know. 
it's yeah. really it's a, it, limitations are really cool. So. That's really cool that you say that because I feel like a lot of times people look at the limitations as such a negative thing, which it can be, especially mm-hmm. if you're used to having this like spark of create creative energy. And it's like all of a sudden you have the opportunity to go and just pick up a guitar or something and start playing or mm-hmm. like pick up a pen and start sketching out something or whatever it is. Yeah. And so learning how it's almost like muscle memory, like retraining your muscles yeah. and allowing the creativity to kind of like, almost be bottled up and then it's like you take the top off and it just kind of flows. So that's kind of, I think that's really cool that you've kind of harnessed it in a way. Mm. Um, but I'm sure it took a while to kind of get to that point where you feel comfortable enough and that you're also proud of your work Mm. in that time because you're, I feel like it, it could be difficult going from a place where you have so much freedom Mm -hmm. to, okay, I want my quality to be just as good and be just as proud of this Mm -hmm. product and this song or this melody or whatever it is. Yeah. I think on that, on that note too, like one thing you have to kind of, when you're in this mode of, you know, creating, you have to be okay writing crap. Yeah. Like, cause you're just gonna, like when you sit down for five minutes a day, it's, you know, they're not all going to be gold, yeah. you know, yeah. number one hits like, yeah. um, but there's a guy, um, um, John Foreman, Switchfoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, he writes a song a day mm. without fail, um, which wow. in no way means that every one of those songs are great. Right. But that means he's got 365 songs at the end of a year yeah. and at least 10 of those are going to be really yeah. good songs. Yeah. And so the, the consistency of doing something, um, it's not that you do get better at the work, at the practice of it. Um, you get better at the management of your, you know, your skills. It's like putting new things in your tool belt, you know? Yeah. Um, but you don't, just write hits all the time. Like, and so you have to be okay letting those things go. You have to be okay writing, you know, terrible songs every now and again, or terrible, you know, screenplays or whatever you do. Um, but if you do it consistently, the odds are a lot better of you writing Mm -hmm. more, you know, more quality stuff. Um, just because you do it more often. Um, and I know a lot of, a lot of artists will, you know, they'll write five songs a year and they're amazing songs. Um, but, you know, I just, I'm, I think I'm going into a phase and that was me. Like I would write eight, nine, like songs that I was proud of. Yeah. No other ideas made it past mm-hmm. that threshold. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Made it past the gate. And so, um, but, but like thinking about now, like everything makes it past, yeah. like everything gets finished, even if it's terrible and I keep everything mm. like in notebooks and whatever I got, every idea is kept because you never know when you can go back and mine something yeah. from that. And so. Um, yeah, but yeah, where, where did that come from? I don't, I don't know, mm. but it was cool. I like it. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think there's a, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with either, either way. Right. Yeah. Um, it's like necessity pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Um, whichever one you have the option to do, like for the guys who have time to, you know, sit for four hours, like mm-hmm. that's amazing. Like I, I've, I've, I'm taking a break off of work, um, for, I got to teach, you know, lessons to yeah. teach uh, guitar and songwriting at a, at a studio in Pelham and, um, I've got until January and what I've noticed is like, I've gotten some days where I'm like, yeah. Oh man, I can sit for five hours and yeah. record some guitar parts on yeah. this, you know? And like, right. that's been really cool to kind of tap back into that. And, and I've, I've discovered like, just because I've had to change that, that's still really effective. Yeah. If you can commit a lot of time to doing something like yeah. you can, you can knock some stuff out, yeah, you completely. know? Um, but yeah, I, I think necessity 
demanded that the you know like you like you were saying it. you're really super busy and like yeah that you know, yeah you had to re- just restructure it but yeah yeah so we're supposed to talk about mistakes though yes. yeah okay <laughs> you're ready <laughs> yeah I was texting you and I was like yeah. and you just talk just think about some personal and some professional yeah. mistakes you're like my whole life has been a mistake oh, <laughs> I could fill a novel or two with the mistakes that I've made but let's hear them chapter one so I was this was before the hiatus this was back when I really didn't know like what I was doing had mm. no clue um and uh was playing at a place called the dark room. I don't know if it's even still a thing, but it was a long time ago. Um, and I think it was like a thing for like a year and then it stopped being a thing. Um, but, uh, was playing at this thing opening for, um, these two you know, songwriters out of Nashville. Um, and it was like supposed to be a big deal. I had no idea who they were, so I didn't treat it as a big deal. Yeah. Um, and so, um, got there, played my set, talked to them they were really cool really nice and got to meet them and like um they were like hey really like your stuff like hey here's here's my contact contact me i got some guys up in nashville i'd love to you know like if you if you're interested in like writing or if you want to come hang out or anything like let me know and i was like okay cool yeah thanks no no clue what i was doing at the time um and uh lo and behold like a couple months later like it was their first time playing together right Mm. um lo and behold a couple months later like they're on the Letterman show, oh. um, as Escondido, um, the band with Tyler James, Jessica Morose, and they, it was their first time playing together ever. And yeah. then they like went and recorded an album and then they were on Letterman like a month later. Wow. And I'm, I like to this day, like I was trying to think of mistakes that I've made professionally. And my wife was like, how about that time you, uh, <laughs> about that time you completely didn't, you know, follow through with Escondido. And I was like, I mean, like, so yeah, that's a big one. Um, but yeah, but they're like great now, but she was like, I got an agent I can hook you up with. And like, wow, yeah, it would have been big. It, that was the night yeah. that I heard Mark Kozelik for the first time, sun yeah. kill moon wow. on the, on the speakers. So I did get something out of that night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she got that. Yes. <laughs> you could have been famous. Uh, I could have at least had a career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and several times I've thought like, I'm just going to. I've still got that email. Like really? gonna, seven years later, I'm just going to, yeah. Hey, you remember me? <laughs> that random guy that you met at that place that no longer exists in Birmingham. Hey, can you hook me up? Like, now that you're, that's the worst yeah. they can do. Not yeah. you. Well, True. yeah. Yeah. That's probably, that would probably hurt a lot worse than like a no, yeah. but would it? yeah, I would much rather somebody be like, no, I don't remember you. Sorry. Or just like, no, I'm not going to talk to you. Like I'd much rather than yeah. just drop off. Yeah. Ugh. Which I've done so many times to people. That makes me feel bad because we have so many unanswered emails right now. I literally was just thinking about that. I was like, I'm going to go home and answer some emails. (laughs) For for the podcast, Loft Show? Loft Show. Loft Show? Yeah. People wanting to play? Yeah. It's okay. Let them sweat it. It's nothing personal. (laughs) Let them sweat it. We don't mean to. We're just really bad at email. (laughs) I'm the type that, and, and this is when I, this is something I've had to, get over um but when i was like in high school and stuff i would uh you know be in like bands or i would hang out with people or and then i would disappoint them one time mm-hmm. and never show up again like ju- yeah. I, I would drop off and like because i couldn't handle like i have a big yeah. like fear of disappointing people i do too um, and like i would drop off like i've yeah. lost so many friendships because that like one in particular 
that I've actually reacquainted with her, uh, which is great. But like a good friend of mine, like I told her I was going to go to a party and then like I forgot to show up or I didn't go or like I yeah. slept in or something like that. And I never talked to her again. Oh. And I saw her, like I was playing <laughs> at a barbecue place the other day and I was like, Hey, <laughs> it's you there. And she was sitting there and like, we, we kind of hung out again. She followed me on Instagram. So I guess we're cool. Yeah. Yeah. You... She'll probably listen to this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to promote it. So yeah. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, that was a big, so I apologize if, if you're listening to this, that was, that was really jacked up of me, but, um, yeah. So well, at least I, you know it. You yeah. Know, step one recognizing. So maybe admitting. if I emailed them Escondido today. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey guys. Listen, I know you've been thinking of me for seven years. <laughs> <laughs> so here I am. I'm really sorry. I never emailed you back. Yeah. You I've got like emails. I, I had kids. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I took a hiatus. Took a hiatus. Yeah. This was yeah. three years before I took that hiatus, but I took a hiatus. <laughs> yeah. okay, go. They happened um, in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I, I've got emails I need to reply to now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I know, me too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on before I have like a yeah, panic attack. We, got, we can wait until January, like <laughs> Christmas, right, Christmas, New Year's. Yes. I love replying to emails. You love it? You wanna, you wanna I don't love it. I hate job? replying, but I love the satisfaction of not having anything in my inbox. Yes. No, I love that satisfaction too. But I turned off my notifications. Yeah, I'm really glad you did thing. because you kept like marking them as red when we hadn't responded to yeah. them, <laughs> which was. Worse. Yeah, it is. I was like, Josh, you need to stop doing this. Like, that's I, when I, I was can't have those red bubbles. The red bubble. I, that's I it. Oh, so I, I delete. I'm a deleter. Yeah. Like before I even open them. And so I've no. lost some good emails because of that. <laughs> Thankfully, like I found out there's a recently deleted. Yeah. Didn't know that for a long time. Yeah. Um, but um, my wife has 30,000 unread no, emails no, on no, her no, phone. No, what? No, no. So when I moved to Birmingham, I worked at uh, Logan's Roadhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked there for about six months and then disappointed somebody didn't show up so that's that's not the mistake though that was one of the best things i ever did because uh then i got a job at starbucks and then did the exact same thing there Um, you didn't show up do what you didn't show up to logan's or starbucks both both both, yeah you just didn't show up yeah just one day yeah you didn't quit. You just didn't show up. I just didn't show up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but you, technically, but. I'm still an employee of both establishments, <laughs> I guess. No, I'm just kidding. Um, You're on their blacklist for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually not even the worst way I've gotten fired before. I got fired from a Winn-Dixie um, for, uh, I, I, well, this was when I was like 16. Also not a mistake. I, I stand by, by this. Um, but the, my boss looked like the penguin from Batman. And so I called him the penguin and yeah. so he heard me do that one day got on his bad list and then he caught me and some other guys playing um like bowling with milk cartons and a buggy <laughs> in, the, in the back room and uh he fired us on the spot that was not that was not very fun oh. but uh anyway. but it sounds like a really enjoyable bowling game the best way I've ever <laughs> my cousin got fired for sleeping in a walmart buggy while he was supposed to be working what yeah. Wait, that sounds really uncomfortable yeah. so. he told me that it was an overnight shift he was supposed he, to be stocking sorry, in a walmart buggy oh my gosh so funny that how does like one fit into a walmart buggy? he like curled up he's a he's a little guy he's uh, a, he, yeah but um so yeah, so I was working at Logan's. <laughs> I'm back on track, guys. I gotta, I gotta. Yeah. You gotta get through this. You gotta get through it. Logan's so, um, so I was still pretty new at this point, um, and and I'm gonna look kind of up and away because I'm re- I'm remembering, you know. Um, but um, 
I was still pretty new, and I had uh, at Logan's. They used to have like a bunch of traditions involving peanuts. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you? They they stopped doing it, I guess, because mm-hmm. peanut allergies. I don't oh, know. Like so they've sad. stopped doing all that yeah. stuff, which is good. Um, but they used to like if it was your birthday, they would stand you in the middle of the room, throw peanuts at you. Um, There's a lot of stuff involved. Like you could throw peanuts wherever you wanted to. That was cool. Um, but um, one of the things was if you were new, you had to pick a coworker and dump peanuts on them at random times. Like you got it done to you, you did it to people. <laughs> um, and I didn't have like the, I didn't have the, the stomach to do that right away. Um, but I got it done to me a lot and it made me really upset and all that stuff. Um, but there was uh, this one lady, she was like one of my trainers and she was like one of the only people that was really super nice to me uh, while I was there. And, um, she was awesome. Uh, trained me like kind of was my buddy at work and all this stuff. Um, and so uh, I was like, okay, I can, I can, you know, I can peanut dump her. It'll be fine. She, she will be my friend still afterwards. It'll, it'll be totally cool. So um, I'm getting ready for it. I get my bucket of peanuts. I've got one of the guys. He's like, yeah, yeah. All right, here you go. Here you go. And so I'm like kind of planning my attack. She's walking away and I, I don't notice the tray of food that she's holding. Uh. Um, <clears throat> so I go and I like sneak up and it's kind of this cool. Like it used to be this really funny thing. Like if you got done, you did it in front of customers and everything. It was really funny and people laughed. And, um, and so I sneak up behind her and I just dump this. I'm talking like massive bucket of peanuts all over her. It goes into the like six plates of food that she's taken out that I didn't see. Um, and it was a very difficult table that she was um, bringing the food out to for the third time. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I was uh, completely unaware of that. Like, I had yeah. no clue that that was happening. And um, she she turned around, and the look, it wasn't anger. It was just, like, heartbroken, yeah. like, sadness. Right. I will never forget it. Like, the, and then you didn't come back to work. <laughs> no, I did. Because <laughs> I needed that job. Um, I did come back to work. That was actually really difficult. But, um, yeah, she, like, turned around. She looked like, what did you just do? And yeah. she was one of the nicest, most bubbly people. She never spoke to me again. Really? Yeah. Wow. I was there for, like, six months after that. And I was on Dang. shifts with her oh. all the time. She would not say a word to me. And I feel, I, to this day, I feel awful. Did yeah. you ever, did you say, like, sorry, I didn't I tried. Know. Like every day Dang. for a long time I tried. She Sorry. just wouldn't. It, ru- it, like it ruined it because she like, and, and it was like not even in front of that table. Yeah. So like the people that she, they didn't see. Yeah. Right. The, and they're like, <clears throat> I worked there for a long, like six months. And the, if you messed up one too many times, you didn't get a tip. And this was like a table of seven people. It would have been like, you know, at least a tank of gas. Yeah. You yeah. know, something um, that she would have made. She didn't get a tip off of it. And right. so like. Yeah, yeah, I that was a mistake. There you go. Wow. That's uh, uh, I'm still feeling it. Uh, I'm I hate feeling that. it. <laughs> so when I was 14, um, this was before I was. I might have been 13, uh, but I got a dirt bike for Christmas. Now I grew up um, Lagrange, Georgia. You've, have you been there? You've mm-hmm. been there. So it's it's kind of you know middle of nowhere. Yeah. But then. Where I lived with my mom was not even in Roanoke, Alabama. It was a, a little community called Standing Rock, Alabama. And so, um, like, I'm talking the country, like yeah. middle of nowhere. Um, and I uh, 
got a dirt bike the, the year before for Christmas and had just started learning how to ride it. Um, was really excited about it. I was obsessed. Like I thought that's what I'm going to do with my life. I'm going to be a, a, you know, X games motocross guy. <laughs> um, and, uh, so I'd been like, this was when school let back in. So when, I don't know when school lets back in after Christmas, but I just got the dirt bike, right? I barely was keeping it up. Um, when I was driving, riding it. Um, and, uh, one day I just wanted to ride it. School was back and I was like, I'm not going to school. Like I'm done. <laughs> so, um, I tell my mom, I'm like, mom, I don't feel good. I'm sick. You know, like she was really, uh, she, she, she didn't buy it, but mm-hmm. she also like didn't make me go to school. Right. Um, and she had a job where she would go, she was, um, uh, oh gosh, like a housekeeper. Um, she was like this family like had like, she did everything for this family and came back and that was her job. So, um, I knew I had a couple hours, like if I can convince her to just go to work, leave me home. I got this. I'm going to do it. So, um, she, she was like, okay, son, but if I come home and find out that you've been riding that dirt bike, I am and and I don't know where people stand on whippings and spankings, <laughs> and, but I lived in the country yeah. and so yeah. we got the switch. And yep. so she's like, I'm going to, I'm going to get you with the switch. And I said, Mm, okay, mom, I'm not, I'm sick. I'm sick. And so (laughs) she, um, she left, she went to work and I'm sitting there, I'm watching the winter X games and like reruns and stuff. And I watch Carrie Hart, uh, was a hero, like my hero. And they do like, I don't know if it was like the first time he ever did it or if it was a rerun or whatever, but I watch him do the backflip, the first one ever on a dirt bike. And I'm like, yeah, I'm doing that, (laughs) man. That's totally awesome. (laughs) So me with, you know, a couple of weeks of experience, um, (laughs) is like dead set. I'm doing a backflip today. I got 13 or 14. Yeah. So I I watch this happen on TV and I get it in my head. Like this is happening in real life today, Mm -hmm. right outside of my house. Like I'm doing this. There was a little, um, those guys have like half pipes, quarter pipes, whatever right. you got. They have the ramps that mm-hmm. they need to do the tricks that they can do, uh, which are usually at 25 feet off the air. Um, and I had a ditch, a drainage ditch, which was probably about Basically four feet. <laughs> Basically the same thing. It was about four feet wide, um, probably two or three feet deep yeah. water in the middle of it that <laughs> from the rain. That was my, that was yeah. my pipe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I get on my dirt bike. I'm amped up. Completely forget the helmet. Um, and I get about 25 feet away from this ditch, which is my stunt area. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, and, uh, I, I've gun it. I mean, as fast as I can get this little dirt bike that I just got for Christmas to go, I am going it. I get cold feet last second though. And so I hit the brakes. I've, I've had time to think about this. Okay. Uh. Um, so I hit the brakes just a little bit and stall and push that dirt bike forward just a little bit, which makes the wheel go. The listeners at home can visualize the wheel pretty much just settles into the front wheel settles into the ditch, yeah. mm. which flings me forward. Mm. And I go flying toward the ground. And I remember pretty vividly, like the last thing I remember of that is my hand going to the ground uh-huh. and me saying like, this is not going to be good. And like black. And I don't know what happened after that. Like, um, first injury was severe concussion. Um, but when I came to, um, at least like the first thing I remember is I'm on the phone in my house. I'm on the phone and I'm like walking around and I'm like, things are fuzzy and I'm on the phone with my sister and I'm like, uh, uh, and I hear her go like, Justin, Justin, are you okay? Are you okay? Like what's, what's wrong? And I'm like, I don't. I don't feel good. 
oh, I don't know what happened. I still had no clue what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I make it to the mirror and all I see is red oh. and like, just like, and I go like, what in the world? And I start touching the nose that has broken sideways. <laughs> yeah, this is graphic. Sorry. <laughs> Parental advisory. Uh, the nose that has broken sideways. I like start messing with it. And I'm like, what in the world? And then I realized like, oh, that hurts. And then I realized like that really happened to me. And yeah. I've just had a severe uh, dirt bike accident. And so I start screaming on the phone, the phone with my sister, it's real, it's real. <laughs> and she's like, what's real? What? What's real? And I'm supposed to be at school, right? Yeah. And so I call my sister in the middle of the day because um, it's the only number I remembered. And I'm like, it's real, it's real. <laughs> and um, she's like, uh, uh. And then I, I scream like, I had, a, I had a wreck on a dirt bike. And then I just drop the phone and I'm like running around the house. Who knows how long it's real. Um <laughs> And she jumps in the car. She lives like 20 minutes away. But apparently, I don't remember this, but I had called my aunt, too, mm-hmm. who lived right down the road from us. And she pulled up to our house, jumped in, and she, like, busts in the house. And she just looks at me, and she goes, oh, no, like that, grabs me and, like, takes me to the hospital, which is like a Roanoke, Alabama hospital. Oh. I don't know if it's gotten any better, but back then it was awful. Um, <laughs> and so I think they reset my arm, which had also broken backwards. Oh. Um, and uh, they reset it wrong. or all, But anyway, that's getting ahead of it. But... Um, like on the way there, I'm like sitting there and I'm like playing with my arm where it would bend oh. at the wrist and then it flops again. Oh my God. At, at, like in the middle. And so, uh, yeah. And so like, I'm like, <laughs> and I still like, haven't really quite gotten like the adrenaline's kind of going. I've still got, you know, some pain stuff's not really working like it should. And my aunt sees that and she's like, don't do that, Justin. No, don't do that. Um, and I'm just flopping my second little elbow. There, you know? <laughs> and, uh, um, I get to the hospital and it's a small town. So like my aunt works there too, apparently. Um, and so she sees me and she freaks out. They wheel me in and I like get set up or whatever. And then like I'm on pain medication for like two days while I'm in the hospital. Um, but I get back, um, to, uh, the real world after that, I've got a cast. They reset my nose. Uh, you can see it's kind of crooked. That's where it broke that way. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it broke that, um, broke my wrist, both bones shattered. Um, so they had to, you know, do some stuff there. Um, I get back and everybody at school thinks that like the rumors have spread in the small town and apparently I died. Um, so I had to like go back to school and be like, Hey guys, I'm still here. It's okay. Um, come back to life. But then a couple weeks later, um, you got it. You got grounded. Oh, much worse. (laughs) Yeah. Um, a couple weeks later, my mom comes in into my room and I thought like surely it was it might not have been a couple weeks probably a couple days um but I'm like surely after that she's gonna let it go no she comes in with a switch and I (laughs) my 13 year old self gets the spanking of a lifetime it was awful um so yeah that's that's probably the dumbest thing I've ever done um and it ended yeah. my motocross career before it began. Like, what a mistake! What a mistake! <laughs> That's the real mistake. That's the real. Yeah, the real mistake is not letting me get that whole quarter pipe before. Uh-huh. You know, I don't know. I don't even yeah. know if they're called quarter pipes. I don't think they are. I think that's skating or something, right? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, that was the wow. the big it's one. It's a big one. Yeah. yeah, I've never broken any bones. You haven't? Me no. either. Really? No. Really? Uh-uh. The first bones I broke were last year. Really? Yeah. The, 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 did you have an accident? I had a car accident, yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. The different one? Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I broke my foot and I broke my wrist. Yeah. I've, I had like a 
golf cart wreck where I was <laughs> some like family friends had golf carts on their like land and so I was like there by myself one day for some reason it's like well I'll just take a golf cart around and I, there's like this huge patch of land and there's like this little ramp this like grass hill that is shaded on both sides by trees and it's just like this big trail it's like nobody ever goes up here so I'll go up here go up there come to a curve and I was young, so I was driving with both feet. I was like, oh, crap, I'm going way too fast towards this tree. I got to hit the brake. And I went to hit the brake, and I just hit the gas even oh, harder. No. So I just went, like, straight <laughs> into it. <laughs> and, like, was that, got, like, satisfying? Mm. Sometimes I just want to run into stuff, like a tree or something <laughs> in my car. <laughs> That's the scariest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> but no, because I, I didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> Sometimes I just want to be a kamikaze pilot. <laughs> I mean, like, not get hurt or anything, but just a satisfying action of crashing something into yeah. something i could see that's what that's why we have bumper cars though yeah oh, true. or demolition derbies there are people but like i need that. to yeah. see it like crunching and like i need to see it like there are those i like, think i've had China too many of those in. happen in real life that i never <laughs> yeah. ever ever want them to happen again yeah but for the record you could be a demolition derby driver <laughs> yeah like and and get oh. that satisfaction night after night like as long as i didn't get hurt they strap you up and you got all these things around you and like you're in yeah. a cage basically. Wear a helmet. I just go get a golf cart and crash yeah. into <laughs> Yeah. I don't that- think anybody ever knew. So. <laughs> you just left it? I mean, I backed it up and there was like a dent, but it wasn't that bad. Nobody ever said anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Josh. so my, my dad, we, we lived, lived in the country in LaGrange. We lived yeah. in Pine Mountain, which is like right off. That's where my dad's house is. And um, he's got this plot of land that like, backs up against this lake that's on a hill and like a man-made lake but it's really pretty and it's not our property the lake's not but like we we went out there and everything um and when i was in high school me and my cousin um he had just gotten this golf cart it was like his treasured possession Mm -hmm. at the time and like so he could go around the property and like see the sites and you know do the management of his you know his property and everything and so me and my cousin convinced him like can we drive it please we just want to drive it to the lake and he's had it for like three days we go up to the lake and, you know, all is well. Um, and we're coming back down and there's this steep hill at the bottom, um, that if you like know what you're doing, you'll put the brakes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I had not driven a golf cart before. And so like I was driving <clears throat> and I was going too fast and it started like getting out from under me. And so I was, like, ah! and so I slammed on the brakes and my cousin jetted forward <laughs> and like he went through the steering like the the windshield yeah and like it just but it's plastic so it didn't like burst into glass or anything yeah. but he like boom he elbowed it and it went through it and so the windshield just like fell to pieces and then in the like suspense of that moment i'm like whoa hold on <laughs> i let off the brake yeah and go flying through my dad's fence oh no um and like <laughs> he watches all this happen from his house and he comes out and my dad, he's, he's, he's like, um, you know, I've, I've done his impression already, but he's like, what are y'all doing? You know, like, and it was awful. And then a couple of days later, my other cousin and I, um, run it into the lake and it's like to the top oh of it. My yeah. God. <laughs> it was bad. Um, so we didn't get to drive that one again. <laughs> that was, that was rough, but yeah. Um, <laughs> Drove it into the lake. That's satisfying too. <laughs> yep. He had to get a tractor out and pull his golf his, his new golf cart out Dang. of the lake. Wow. That was bad. Wait, did, could you still drive it? 
I don't, it was a battery operated one, so I think we got just it. Just got a new battery. Yeah. yeah, we got it going Easy again, peasy. but we didn't get the the windshield was gone for yeah, like it, it, it didn't get put back forever. on. Yeah, but after that, like my cousins got to drive it a lot. <laughs> like cause he was like, well, it's it's ruined now. You might as well. But I didn't want to do it. Yeah. But yeah. I guess that was a mistake too. Huh? That's pretty good. <laughs> was it? <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Got any plugs? Yeah. Website, Instagram, um, Spotify. Yeah, um, Spotify. Yeah, if, if if you want to, I guess I'm learning this stuff's important. Um, but yeah, um, if you go to my website, it's just justincross.org, not .com. Okay. Um, there's another Justin Cross that got that one before I did. He's mm-hmm. also a musician. Um, yeah, and so uh, don't go there. Go to org, um, and then you can sign up my email list. But really, like Instagram's kind of where most yeah. of the stuff happens. Yeah. Um, and from Instagram, I can post on all the other uh, things. So like Justin Cross Music on Instagram. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess at some point in next year, I'll be releasing some new music. Um, so follow on Spotify or wherever. Cool. So nice. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks well, for being on. Absolutely. Yeah, Thank y'all for having fun. I've never been on a podcast before. So. Wow. You're welcome. a natural. This is a first. You are natural. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed yeah. it a lot. Like, yeah. same. I mean, anytime you can go on a show and like lay in a bed. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, right. Thanks yeah. guys. Bye. 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 <laughs> this is a mistake. I discovered broccoli this year. This year? <laughs> this, I never ate this broccoli. This has been. It's a, bit, it's a big, it's been it's a big been couple big. of years for my <laughs> culinary like experience. It's been excellent. It's a mistake.